now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to episode 553 of the Puckle Podcast, which stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name our fearless leader Thatch came up with in 2011, which makes us ancient by podcast standards. My gosh, yeah. Seven. 2007, my friend. We are even more ancient than you remembered. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. It rhymes. It's fine. I thought we were coming up close on like the 15-year Puckle anniversary. We we are, in fact. We are. That's insane. Joining us, as you can tell, um, I'm filling in for our fearless friend Thatch as he is off in Chicago doing wedding things, which... Uh, He's not getting married. He's already married. Yes. Just putting that out there. Someone else's wedding things, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, leaves us in charge. I'm joined by the fearless, the fluffiest... Whimsicott, how are you doing today? I am regretting all the fluff. It's way too hot to be fluffy right now, but hi, everyone. (laughs) And as you can undoubtedly tell, not Claude 1, not Claude 3, we don't skimp. We got you the full Claude 9. How are you doing? I am doing great. I have way too much energy for this early in the morning. (laughs) Good. You can compensate for me being melted and completely (laughs) (laughs) okay. I'm uh so I'm, I'm moving next week and I'm I'm shifting time zones mm. one earlier. So instead of getting up at a truly insane early hour, I'll get up when everyone else does. So I I can't mm-hmm. wait to be normal again. <laughs> what do you mean when everyone else does? Well, like by the time I'm usually up, anyone in my time zone is still asleep because it's somewhere between five thirty and six at the very latest. Mm. So you, you shift that by about an hour. <laughs> So you think waking up between four and five is even better? Oh no, you're right. I'm an. I- oh no, it'll be so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this will be a. This will be an experience. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's fine. Now I need to train myself to sleep in because that's how that works. I highly recommend yeah. getting like blackout curtains, like good blackout curtains for the bedroom. Well, when I'm in a mm. longer rental, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> Because I I have some that work really well, Uh except for when it's switching between night and day. Because then there's a small crack that lands right on my face every morning. (laughs) And it kills me. Because I'm like, the room is like entirely pitch black except for this one like crack of light. And I'm like, the Zeusian (sighs) sunbeam falling directly on you. (laughs) It wakes me up every morning at like 8 o'clock. Or whenever the sun decides to wake up, I'm awake. Wow. Your own personal Stonehenge. (laughs) Pretty much. I I appreciate the idea that Stonehenge was constructed so that a sunbeam would fall on one guy's face at exactly the right time. Well, Stonehenge was constructed so a sunbeam would fall behind a certain stone at exactly a certain time of the year, which is the very convoluted reason why my melted brain decided to come up with that phrase. 
No, no, I understand that. It's just going, oh, it's a sunbeam. It's not like it's the Parthenon, which is supposed to have the sun fall directly on the emperor as he comes in mm-hmm. for his holiday. No, it's just some, like... I don't want to say, like, Paleolithic. I don't actually remember when Stonehenge was built. But it's just some, you know, druid who's built his house by some rocks and is like, all right, now I've got my alarm set. I can answer that. Stonehenge was built a while ago. Yeah, fair. At least five years ago. At least five years ago. At least. More than that, I was there earlier than five years ago, so. So, okay, okay, so so at least ten. At least ten. Yeah, at least ten. But as we all know, uh, ancient people were not capable of building anything. Uh, it was an alien building an alarm clock. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Absolutely. The lever was an unknown concept. Water <laughs> didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And people were dumb. Mm-hmm. So, uh, spe- speaking of dumb people, how, how have we all been doing with our, our Pokemon experiences in the past couple of weeks? Funny enough, I've gotten a lot more into Pokemon over the past week, just because Thatch... And Shamu convinced me to buy some Pokemon cards, and now I'm in that, like... Oh, no. Yep, I'm I'm in that, like, place where it's, like, I'm waiting for them to come in, and I'm just excited every time I, like, the mail comes, and I'm like, ooh, a new new little envelope of stuff! Makes you want to wag your tail? Uh, it does. When it comes, I I just have to wail. (laughs) Oh, man. Rimzakan has no idea what we're talking about. No, I do do know what you guys are talking about, because the ending song of this show used to be about that god <laughs> oh yes mail time yep but no it's gotten me into it and i've started like you know playing more showdown out of nowhere oh so it like i know I, i've just gotten like much more into pokemon i'm probably gonna go play some pokemon unite later today just because i can oh you or uh well not for showdown but uh but not for Unite, but for Showdown. You know, are you playing OU? Uh, what you playing? I, I've been do- I've been doing OU as just like a base training ground for myself. I, I'm, yeah. I'm still involved in various different like draft leagues for fun, and mm-hmm. like this is my off season right now, and I'm very much enjoying just like you know playing with some things I don't normally get to play with, or I, don't know, I find that I I know where my flaws are, and I'm just trying to slowly fix them piece by piece. I think that's my Tinder bio. Uh. <laughs> ah, yes. W- w- Wims, Wims, what you been up to? Okay, let me see if I can manage to express this without saying sentences that are only marginally related to what I actually mean, as I've been doing so far. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I have been playing more random battles, and I yes. reached mm-hmm. 1,800 for a hot five minutes or so, and then I lost like seven matches in a row. But I was there. I have a screen cap. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, I know Huiku has reached like two thousand before, but that's about it. Wow! Great, it took him like a year or so to do it. It's insane. I I think I think in order to reach that, like you have to remember what sets are input into Showdown. Yeah. Well, there's a Chrome plugin that tells you what the possible sets are. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I know because I think it's PokeAim does a, mm-hmm. you know, tries to hit top 10 in the random battles like Ooh. ladder. I think he's doing that right now. It's entertaining wow. to watch. And he has a whole, like, damage calc that's only the random showdown. Wow. Thanks. So you, he know, like, and granted, it's like three or four options for each Pokemon, but like, yeah. there's that, and then there's the Chrome plugin that he uses. Wow. And it's like, oh, this is cool to like know, like, 
oh, if you're doing random battles, you're only going to have one of three sets. These are the three sets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's commitment right there. Once you have information, like, information is very powerful. Yeah. In in a game like chess. I was going to say, especially in a format where it's, like, all random, the one with information has way more power. Oh, exactly. At, At this point, like, getting your opponent to reveal more of their Pokemon than you have revealed is part of the strategy. Exactly. Like, and that used to be a big strategy back in Gen 4, Gen 5, before the... Before Team Preview was a thing. Team Preview was a thing. But we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, Yeah. we will. Yeah, and so, like, I've been playing so many random battles that at this point I think I've had, like, three or four shinies show up in my teams. (laughs) And one of them was a green Taurus. Hey! On topic. topic. (laughs) I finally got my... So... As loyal listeners may know, my 3DS was stolen years ago, and I finally got a new one and got it working. It was missing, like, a battery and some stuff, and I've I've got it functional again. So I've gotten access to all of my old download games, and uh, that means I've got, like, five fresh Pokemon games, because I didn't keep any of the save data, and I didn't Mm. have anything in home, but uh, I've basically got a... 3DS full of Nuzlocke files, so I've started uh, Alpha Sapphire. Oh, and man, that game's opening like the literal cutscene. Yeah, so good. It's incredible. Yeah. I did not remember it being that good, and I remembered it being good. Yeah, it's really good. It's a good game in general. I think like very satisfying to play. Yes, I just need to remember because uh, I'm doing this as a Nuzlocke. I need to. I'm not gonna do like no EXP share, but I'm going to. Turn it off now and then so that mm. my levels don't get too extreme. I'm not hardcore yeah. like level capping it. I just don't want to be at like 80 by the end game, which is very possible. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want your challenge run to be how many times do I have to click the A button in a row to win? Yeah. I don't mind that sometimes. But I want at least a couple circle pad inputs. <laughs> oh, circle pad inputs. <laughs> Well, I think we should move on to our fantastic news segment. And don't worry, we won't be there long (laughs) after the break. Welcome to the news. There is none. Well. On to the trivia. Well, not sort of. quite. There, there are a few small things. There is one massive piece of news. There, there is. And, and I get the, the honor of telling us about the best news, the most important news. In fact, I would say the most franchise-defining piece of news that we've ever had. Forget the release of of uh gold silver forget yellow forget the anime forget the original games coming out they pale in comparison we're getting a big feel plush oh yes round boy i'm so excited round boy it's very big it is very squishy and uh it is perfect very round i want it (laughs) i really want it i want it i would use it as my pillow 
and uh, at least one point, I would see just how far I could drop kick it in optimal conditions. <laughs> so yeah, that is literally the entirety of the general <laughs> news section. Um, well, no, there, there's a couple other things. Like, Pokemon Unite is celebrating its one-year anniversary soon. And with that, it's adding six new Pokemon to Pokemon Unite, which is really exciting. Um, and we know three of them so far. We know Glaceon, which is going to arrive July 21st, and it can be obtained, obtained entirely through missions. Uh, there's a Buzzwall coming on August 4th, and Tyranitar is coming on the 16th, and there's three more that are set to come in in September, which is exciting. We get more new Pokemon, just makes the game more diverse and exciting to play. I'm Buzz Buzzwall might pull me, might get me back. <laughs> Flexi boy. Mm, I've seen a picture of Buzzwall, like wearing a fancy vest. It's incredible. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah, it's a great picture. Oh, and there's also a boss rush mode coming, which I have absolutely no idea what that is. Mm. Fascinating. Oh, is there is there anything in the TCG, maybe? Something to save there us? There is something in the TCG. So uh, there was a special delivery Charizard announced like a couple of years ago, and it's finally here. But, you know, it's a, kind of a useless piece of news because signups are already like topped up or something like that. It's 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 a mess. And then, according to the notes, there's, there was also an open casting for an unscripted series following the TCG, which gets me kind of excited. That is a combination of words I never thought I would hear in a sentence. Oh, yeah. Can, I, all, all I'm picturing is, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, but instead of it being Yu-Gi-Oh!, it's the Pokemon trading card game. So, what it looks like, because uh, I looked at that casting call, it was just kind of interesting earlier in the week. Uh, it looks like what they want to do is either a uh, unscripted, like, live screen, live stream, or uh, basically almost have them do a cast or almost like reality TV kind of thing. So, no. I'm very interested because they wanted people who were familiar with the tcg but not experts which was fascinating to see oh i should have done it then you you almost might have known too much about it i think they wanted people who could play but not well i can do that <laughs> i'm an actor <laughs> you're an actor i forget i can pretend like i know less than i do Ooh, this is <laughs> cute let's play this one it, it, <laughs> The whole, this one's cute, I'll play that one, reminds me of a, a tweet I saw when Smash Brothers, the, the newest one, came out, where it's like, Peach, who's adorable, uh, maybe I'll play Peach, she's so fun, and it's it's the guy shaking, and he's like, my girlfriend's playing all the top tiers, and uh, we, we are contractually obligated to talk about Pokemon Go, I feel. We are, we uh... are. So... There's a GoFest this weekend in Seattle. Uh, there's a chance that players elsewhere might get missions that might give you access to a pamper. We know nothing for sure. It's just there. Given that it is in the Seattle area, the day I, I think it's either the day of or the day after I move. I might, I might boot up Pokemon Go for the first time in years just to get a mm. cowboy hat buzz wool. That, <sighs> that might do it. So my my friends, it. Have, I had a couple of friends that tried to get me back into Pokemon Go, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I don't want to. 
I don't want to either, because that's going to make me go outside again. But it's a buzz wool and a cowboy hat. You go send Jushiro to get a couple for you. <laughs> I will, I'll send Jushiro out, my, my uh, obedient servant, Lord Jushiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which brings us today to Puckle's Pokey prediction. <clears throat> Precious Smoliv was a grass normal typing, but what do you think will happen to that normal typing? If it changes, how do you think it's going to change? I don't think it will change. I do not think you give something a normal type to take it away. Yeah, same. No, they've done that before, though. The <clears throat> only time I can think of something being normal and then losing it when it evolves... Uh, Is Azuril. And it wasn't a normal type to begin with, at least for dual types. Because there have been like normal types that have evolved into entirely different things. The no- oh, there's been a bunch of like normal flyings that have turned to other... Yeah, but I don't count that, because that's basically a flying monotype until Gen 5, and they only added a second one in Gen 8. What I'm saying is that flying normal basically is a flying monotype, for all intents and purposes. I I don't count it the same. So I I think it's staying grass normal, personally. I want to believe it's going to be more fun than that, so I'm going to say it's going to change. And depending on what it goes into, because there have Mm. been leaks and whatnot, and... I fully want to believe that this Smoliv will have a split evolution. One will be normal grass and one will be something else. Mm-hmm. You, you could do one is a like a food olive and it's normal grass. And then one is like a jalapeno pepper and it's grass fire. Done. <laughs> a jalapeno stuffed or a pimento stuffed or garlic stuffed. That's the evolution. It's like Al Creamy, except all it is is you just wedge it in the little Smoliv. Oh my god, can you imagine... <laughs> That's it. But imagine if Alcreamy had different types, like one for each type, based on what, like, candies you had. Based on the sweet, yeah. That would be such a cool design for a Pokemon. Imagine Solfali, but it's guaranteed to always be, like, fairy. Yeah, it becomes grass. So you get one that's grass fighting, and it's pain miento. All right, Wims, what are you, what are you thinking is going to happen to Smoliv? No, I, I think it's going to stay grass normal. What, what I want to understand is, like... An olive is pretty much already what it's going to be. So how does it evolve? What does it evolve into? Because I, I, do, I don't see where it's going. A full salad, obviously. Olive tree oh. is another option. Ooh, olive well, tree. I mean, yeah, olive Grass tree. Grass round. There we go. Yeah, yeah, could be. They are, they like, they live in very dry climates. Well, I think it is time to stop talking about the non-existent news and start talking about some very existent trivia. We'll catch you after the break. Welcome to the Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Professor Snag with the rules. The co-hosts are working together as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that you, the listeners, have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more for a total of seven points. The hosts can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to the trivia. All right, we got the rules. You know how to play. Let's start with question number one. Pikachu. And that is incorrect. Question number two. Um, 
So, uh, question number one we've got from Professor Snag. Who was the first champion to have a monotype team? Mm. Um, well, it was. Now, when you say blue. monotype, what do you mean? Who is the first champion to have a team whose team consisted of all Pokemon that share one type? All right. So it's oh, not. Wait, wait, wait. It's no. not blue. It's not no. Lance. It's. It might be Steven. I'm trying to remember it's, Steven's team. It's I, not I think he. Steven. Um, it's not Cynthia. Is um, it Iris? Is it Elder? Did Elder have a team? Or, no, Wallace. Wallace had all water types. Oh, right, because he's a champion in Emerald. Yep. That's right. Yeah, I, th- I think he still has all water types in Emerald, yes. All right, is Wallace your final answer? I think, Wallace yeah, be because my I final think answer. Steven has something that isn't his I think he has a cradle, right? right? Or my... Mm. Wait. Some, I mean, or like Armaldo or something. I thought he had one he of the fossils. Some, that sounds but, right. But could, wait, it could be... Oh no! No, I, I do need a final answer. Okay, let, let's just go with um... because. So I, I think this question might have a trick I, to it because I, 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 I do need a final answer. We've been we've been okay, going for, okay. for more than the we'll, minute. All right, well, we'll I would go with about, Wallace. I'm I'm okay. convinced. Wall, I know Wallace has all of it, and I thought Stephen had something that wasn't steel. All right, so Wallace is incorrect, but the answer isn't Stephen. It's Lance. Is it Lance? Because no, they're he all had, he had an there are flying types, though. And he doesn't types. have the dragon arrows. Oh, my God. Yeah, he has three Dragonite, an Aerodactyl, a Gyarados, and a Charizard. But, yeah. And that's we the didn't Gen 2 one, time. too. Yep. Gold, uh, silver, crystal. Gosh. That's upsetting. Yeah, that, that's what I meant by by what, like, I was saying this is a trick question. Oh. I was about to say that. But I thought he had a dragoner for some reason. Yeah, which I thought is he did. Well, in the first one, he does. And in Fire Red, Leaf Green, he definitely does. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So it's, it's all right. We still got plenty of questions to go. So mm-hmm. we've got a Pokemon manga question from the British gent. But I think this one's fair. So uh, from the British gent, uh, he has a very... <laughs> It's a very from him. I'm coming back with another Pokemon manga question for you. In Pokemon Adventures, Gold and Silver, our heroes are attacked by Neo Team Rocket and the Masked Man, along with the legendary Pokemon Lugia and Ho-Oh. As the fight carries on, the Masked Man is finally revealed. But who is the Masked Man? Oh, I don't remember. Um, really? I yeah, knew this one. Yeah, I really one. don't remember. Um, I got nothing. I don't remember any of the manga. Wait, who is the Masked Man? Um, huh. So the Masked Man is someone that beats Team Rocket or is with Team Rocket? He he is a member of Neo Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember this. Um, I mean, it would make sense for him to be Giovanni. Just because, oh, it's Neo Team Rocket, but it's actually old Team Rocket. But I, I seem to remember he wasn't... Do you want to use the hint? Hmm. Hmm. No, I think we should keep the hint for uh, a uh, later I don't know question. Who, I don't know who it is uh, at all. Claude's Cl- okay, got nothing. So if you wait, don't, I wait, just uh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Because um, in the manga, the Elite Four are kind of evil. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, the Masked Man 
might actually be a member of the Elite Four. Do you um, do you wanna wanna put a name down? Yeah, I would like to put a name down. So it's a masked man, which excludes half of the Elite Four. It's true. <laughs> so it's Koga, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's Koga, yes. It is not Koga. The oh, masked okay. man is Price. Price. Is the ice type gym leader? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's weird. So I remembered, like I remembered him being the masked man, but I thought, no, it must be a later masked man. (laughs) In in because I I keep (laughs) mixing up Price with Bryce from Gen Five. Oh, Bryce. Gotcha. Yeah, the character I'm thinking of is from Gen 5, so it can't be in the Gold and Silver manga. My memory is actually, like, both better (laughs) and worse than I thought. Fascinating. (laughs) Like, I had a clear mental image of his face, but I thought he was someone else. Way to Uh, go, Sigurd. (laughs) Whimsicott, I just... You you keep getting the answers almost right. (laughs) Look, I am at this point a blob with a well, blob inside that used to be a brain. Have mercy on me. Well, let's let's see uh, if you can you can get this Pokedex question um, <clears throat> from Gray the Gray. Its Ultra Sun entry reads: It waves its hand wildly in intimidation and warning. Life is over for anyone who doesn't run away as fast as possible. Who's that Pokemon? Uh, that sounds like a ghost type to me. Huh. A ghost type with only one hand? Hands. It says hands wildly. Oh, okay. That's okay. my guess, but I have no direct so, idea. A ghost type that moves their hands around a lot. C- can you repeat the Pokedex question? Is that the good yes. Answer, please? It waves its hands wildly in intimidation and warning. Life is over for anyone who doesn't run away as fast as possible. Okay, so there's um, Dusk Noir waves its hands around yep. a lot, but or um, Dusk Clops for the two that came to my mind. Yeah, I w- I don't know that I would attach the adverb wildly. To the way they move yeah. their hands because it's kind of slow, um, but I I th- I think it's our best bet. Honestly, let's start there, and if we're wrong, we'll get a new one. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your answer then? Dusclops. Uh, yeah. Okay, that is incorrect, and it isn't dusk. Uh, it's not that line. I'd give you the line. Okay. All right. So its sword entry reads. Once it accepts you as a friend, it tries to show its affection with a hug. Letting oh, it do that is I dangerous. Knew, it, it could easily shatter your bones. Beware! I was, I like, I, I thought about Beware's animation, but I was like, but it doesn't warn you. Like, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. know that it's dangerous. It yeah. just wants uh, to hug it, you. Sometimes they're aggressive. They're always aggressive. The question is if it's okay. aggressive and affectionate or not. Okay. 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 Uh, cool. So okay. yeah, beware. Is yeah, yeah, it is beware. <laughs> beware. Cool. We got one point. Go us. Okay. So for our multi-choice question, you there is a redemption point, and every answer will get you a point. There are three okay. answers to this question. I like these answers. Most flying dual types 
Oh, this is from Farmer Fox. Most mm-hmm. flying dual types have flying as their secondary type. There mm-hmm. are three exceptions to this rule uh, for Pokemon lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, which three have it as their primary typing? One is the Noivern line. I know this uh, for one's sure. the Corviknight line, and the third okay, one yes. is. I will need you to. Lo- oh, yeah, you're gonna lock them all in. Yep. You locking those in? I would like mm-hmm. to lock in Noivern, Cramorant line, and Corviknight. All right, those are all three correct. Go Cloud. I, I I happened to look up uh something recently, and I was like, and it came up as, oh, Cramorant's a flying water type, and I'm like, that's huh. really odd. That one I really didn't know. Uh, I think I could have gotten to um the Corviknight line because it starts out as a pure flying type. Mm-hmm. It would make sense it, for Steel to be the secondary the second, one. Yeah. yeah, but Cramorant I never knew about. Yeah, I didn't. I keep forgetting Cramorant. I think I've learned this trivia three separate times. Uh, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I I remember this like being relevant. Like I remember back in Gen Seven, the only flying type that was like started out as flying was uh, Noivern. Yeah, the Noivern line was pr- primary flying. And yeah, then it wasn't yeah. until Gen Eight where I knew we added two flying. more, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to our last question, the base stat question. Um, you've got your hint for free. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want... I'm, I'm going to give you the choice because I think both of these are interesting. Do you want mm-hmm. an ability-based question or a trainer-based question? Oh, this is bad. I'll, I'll yeah. either or. I, I, think, I think maybe the trainer-based question would be even worse. Than the ability based question, but I, I don't know. know I, I think the trainer based question might be better, but I'll let you decide and I'll just run with it. Well, uh, so far you have uh, been by far the more clear minded of the two of us, so I will follow your lead. Let's go with the trainer based one. <laughs> All right. Which Pokemon used by a champion has the highest base attack? A- any Any champion? Well, a games champion. A, oh, sorry, all right, a games champion. And are we... Well, in... <laughs> now, how Vegas? deep do we want to get into this? Yeah. So, uh, do you want to use... You're going to use your hint, yes. I assume, because you can't. Yes. Yeah, let, let's use the hint, because I okay. have a couple of questions. So, your hint for this is they did not use this... Uh, this Pokemon was not used in their initial appearance... And uh, it was only available if they were chosen as an ally or fought as an opponent in the battle tree. So my Ooh. mind goes to Mega Garchomp on Cynthia, but I'm not sure if she was in the battle tree. Huh. Um, the fact that he says battle tree tells me it might be yeah. like red or blue. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I do not remember red or blue's team. So, Blue usually had uh, Pidgeot, Arcanine, Gyarados, one of the starters, um, an Executor, <laughs> or something else to cover for the type he didn't have. So, stuff like that. Uh, I Like, if he has a Mega, it's Mega Pidgeot, which has a high special attack. Yeah, it wouldn't so be. A... It wouldn't be Blue. Um... So, uh, a champion that has a Mega, uh, but he does have it in his first appearance, technically. Well, no, it... Okay, so, this is very technical, but for example, say it was something like Mega Garchomp, 
or Mega Metagross. Would it count as something they don't have in their first appearance? They have that Pokemon, they just don't have the Mega version. Uh, I will be more specific to avoid the whole thing. This is, they're using it in a guest appearance Mm -hmm. in another game. And in their debut fight, they did not have this form of this Pokemon. That has to be a Mega. It's either Mega. Of this Pokemon. Yeah, and it has to be either like Mega Metagross or Mega Garchomp. There's the only thing I, I can think of that has that high of attack that we know came from. Yeah. You know, those Pokemon. But I. Mm. Uh, I'm not. Fully I, I will sold need an answer. Anything. Okay, so. Uh... I, I think which one of them has the highest attack? Garchomp or Metagross? Believe it's Gar. I don't know off the top of my head. I, I think it might be Garchomp because the reason Mega Metagross hits so hard yeah. is that it has tough, tough claws. Yeah, I, I, I believe Mega Garchomp has a higher attack. But I'm just trying to think like, if there's anything else. Like, did someone show up with like a Mega Gallade? Because that also could be, like, well, very, very high. Wally would, but he's not a champion. He's not a champion, no. So, you know. Oh, this All is... Right. I, I, I know nothing about the... Oh, I, I still think the highest that a champion would be used would be Mega Garchomp from Cynthia, but I'm not sure if Cynthia's in that game. All right. Is that your final I answer? I have no idea. Yeah, it Let's might have it. to be because we have nothing else. All right. Mega Garchomp... Is correct, yes. Oh, With a base oh, 170. Goodness. And it's Cynthia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it is used by Cynthia in the battle tree. Uh, the follow-ups are wrong. So Polywo says second place is Age of Slash at 150, used by Leon. Leon's is at actually 140. Uh, so the second place is Haxorus at 147, used by both Iris and Leon. And Mega Metagross at 145, used by Steven in Alpha, Sapphire, Omega Ruby, as well as the battle tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally forgot he had Mega Metagross in Alpha Sapphire. I would have gone that route, but I'm glad there was a Garchomp with yeah. Mega. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for Mega Garchomp, your second choice was actually wrong. Uh, but you know what? You got it. So <laughs> we we take those, and that gives you a solid five points. Now, I don't have the trivia scores right now, so I don't know how you guys stack up. It's fine. I don't but, remember. And I was on last week. It's a little blur. So, uh, as Thatch says, that certainly shakes things up. Maybe. I, have a, I think we I have 11 points now. Okay. Uh, and that takes us to the end of the, uh, the trivia segment. We will catch you guys on the topic. And we have another review this week from Supercat GX. Five stars. This is an amazing podcast for Pokemon fans. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for that, Supercat GX. And if you'd like to have your review read on the show, make sure you send it in on iTunes or wherever else you listen to the show. Every review get we get helps, and Supercat GX is a superstar. But until then, we're going to kick it to the topic. And welcome to the topic. Uh, our topic this week is uh, the best and worst part of Pokemon Generations. And we're not talking about, like, the Generation show. Like, each Pokemon generation. Yeah, yeah. So... Every Pokemon game has its merits, and every Pokemon game has its flaws. None of them are perfect, and some of them succeed where others fail uh, at the yes. same thing. <laughs> and it's it's worth talking about, uh, especially as, man, is there no Scarlet and Violet things. So it's good to remember that you can play other games if you want. 
Absolutely nothing. No news on any front. We have learned nothing new through any channels, official or unofficial. I'm going to be so mad if they put out a trailer like Sunday morning. <laughs> no, no, uh, they, they never do that. They never they do, never that do it. They'll do it specifically to spite us and Joe Merrick, who will be prepping for his wedding. Oh, <laughs> right. Gosh, she's getting married too. Huh? He's also getting married? What? Yeah, like a couple days. He's been panicking oh. on Twitter that a new trailer is going to drop during the ceremony. Oh, babe. <laughs> Have someone else cover for you for No, he will. Hours. Like, he definitely will. But, you know, still. But it's Joe. He feels the need to be there. Yeah. Either way. He stayed up for 24 hours for a horse. Yeah. Oh, that's so, right. That man is nothing but committed. <clears throat> I, I remember staying up for a while, just having that in the background on. Oh, well, miserable. Well, I feel like we need to start with Gen 1. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the best part about Gen 1 is that it's a broken mess. Well, no, the best part with Gen 1 is it gave us Pokemon. Yes, I agree with Bob. (laughs) The second best thing about Gen 1 is it's a broken mess. And the the worst part about Gen 1 is that it's a broken mess. (laughs) I, I Exactly. Like... My thought is it's it was like it's the best because it was the first game and it's the worst because it was the first game. Yep. Yeah. But like it's the same type of thing where you know if you're just playing the game without anything else going on, it's just a game. It's a good game, but it's a game. I played it really recently. It, mm. If you don't know what you're doing, you can get stuck so easily. Yes, especially like old one where it's like, how do I get into this town? Well, you need to go to the top floor of this building and then buy a drink mm-hmm. and then have it in yeah. your inventory when you go to leave. Yeah. yeah. Or it's or it's the like, all right, now that I have cut, now what? I have to go back and find the previous cut bush and make it through this rock tunnel. That's not the only way to get. Oh, yeah, I guess if you go back upwards. But that's the point. There are there are a couple of ways to navigate it. Like I distinctly remember that for years. I had no idea about the second part of Route 2. Like, Oh, where you can go with uh, from Diglett Cave backwards? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had no idea that place existed for years. I just went all, all the way around. But, like, with it, though, came some of, like, the most famous Pokemon theories of all time. Like, you have, miss- like, all the missing no uh, glitches mm-hmm. that came out. Um, you can, there's a bunch of different tricks where you can get, like, a level 100 Nidoking before you even get to Brock. Mm. Yeah. Which is, uh, which I thought was super cool. One of my favorite, uh, uh, glitches is one I exploited when I played it recently, because I didn't want to be bothered with leveling up all the way. So, every time you get an odd-numbered badge, or a badge that should be odd-numbered, one of your stats goes up by a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anytime you modify your stats, that's reapplied. So, if you Mm. start spamming Amnesia, you get faster. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, granted, and, like, crits being based off your speed. So mm-hmm. something like Tauros became the most broken Pokemon in the game, or Slash Persian always crits every single time. Hyper Beam not requiring a recharge turn if you get a knockout. I like yeah. that, though. I thought that was a really cool idea for it. <laughs> I don't think it was intended. <laughs> I think it should be in the game. Now, or if a recharge move kills something, you get to use the move. That I, doesn't seem very balanced. I don't no. care if it's balanced. I, I think it's good. <laughs> no, see, when I play Gen 1, I never use the glitches. I just play it as it was mm, quote-unquote intended. Uh, but, you know, I think 
I don't mind the glitches because if you play relatively normally, you you need to be slightly unlucky to run into one. Uh, there are there are a couple that are just gonna get you. Like if you're playing normally, you have no idea that focus energy quarters your crit rate. Yeah, but I mean, I don't use focus energy. But it's also like never notice. It's uh, like, like what like the uh, psychic was immune to ghost in Gen One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a bad one. That I think was intended. Yeah, but there were only two attacking poison types, so it didn't yeah. matter much. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, because all of the trainers talk about ghost being super effective. They just hit the wrong button on the type chart. Exactly. That one is a problem if you do decide to go get a Gaussian, raise it up. But since I never played with anyone else and I couldn't get a Gengar because I couldn't trade, I just mm. never bothered. I just yeah, used same. something else. So I never noticed that glitch. It's like how Scyther doesn't learn a bug type move. Yeah, move pools are jank. In fact, they're kind of bad. That is what I was about to say. Like, the one thing that is the worst in Gen 1 for me is the bad move. Because you're like, oh, I want to use this cool guy, and it's literally almost unusable. Most of the Pokemon are just eh. They're just kind of generic. This was a problem with the first game that I think they overcorrect later on, where... Like it is a when like if you don't know what to do or read the correct thing or it may not even say it, you can get stuck because it's mm-hmm. like oh to get surf you have to go through the safari zone, find the guy's house and get it that way. But there's nothing that tells you about mm-hmm. getting surf. Oh, and then we need to complain about one of the legitimate worst parts of Gen One: bag space. Yeah, <clears throat> not having a limited bag space was annoying, and having it be so small. It's it's so hard if you want to keep even any, like, one or two TMs, or if you don't remember to put key items in the PC afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, because we, we were, we were, we are spoiled because Gen 1 and 2 had the worst PC system. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, you can't see the Pokemon. You just see a name oh, in a box, <laughs> and then you have to save between going between boxes. Oh, yeah, and if the box is full, Pokemon don't automatically go to the next box. You just can't catch anything until you manually page into the next one. Yeah, that was really messy. Which meant if you got something rare on the Safari Zone, if your box was full, doesn't matter. Yep, tough luck. Granted, though, I will say Pokemon Yellow is still to this day one of the hardest Pokemon games. Yep. At least the early game. Mm. And they fixed a lot of the AI as well, so it's even harder. Yeah. So it's just like... It becomes a lot more difficult of a game if you, like, you know, because the only way to get through the first gym is you need to go get, like, a Butterfree or a Mankey, pretty much. Yeah. Or overlevel massively. It gets easier from there, but, like, that first gym is just really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gen, Gen 2, I feel, has different problems. Yeah, but Gen 2 has so many good things. Yeah, like, Gen 2, the biggest problem is the level curve and... How long it yeah. takes to get anything done? I mean, it's the grinding. Yeah, like really, it's, it's all it's mandatory that you have to go through it because gym eight to the elite four is like a fifteen level cap difference or something mm-hmm. like that, and it's mm. you don't all the Pokemon you fight are like in their thirty. Yeah, yeah. so if you're trying to grind to fifty, it just takes forever. It really does. I think I think both Gen one and two were like made for. Children who just had lots and lots and lots and lots of free time and bought maybe one game a year. 
not 12 like we do these days. Yeah. Gr- granted, though, I will say Gen 2 did add a post game. And that was, and that still is one of my favorite post games was beating the Elite Four and then going back to Kanto and running through Kanto. That is insanely good. Especially with Red being at the top of Mount Silver at the yes. end. Like, that, that's such a cool throwback to Gen 1. Yeah. Red was great. The rest of Kanto is too easy. All the Pokemon are way so, are solo leveled on the other gym teams. You will just like show up, run through them. It's a victory lap for nostalgia. But it was something else though. Like it felt better than going through Johto where everyone's within like five, six levels of each other. Yeah. I, I think it's just more a continuation of a jank level curve more than anything else. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It is. I just loved the concept of it because you get yes. to do Kanto in a different order. I think you with, have to yeah. start with Lieutenant Surge, but like after that, no, it's you can do any of them in any order, even mm-hmm. better. Except Blue has to be last. Yeah, yeah, but it's really, really cool. At, like as a concept, and also yes. I don't mind the execution. Like I said, it's a victory lap. Now I, I I will make one statement here about Gen Two. So I like how they added you know a bunch of like you know like the eggs and breeding into the game. Mm-hmm. I just hate almost all the baby Pokemon. Yep, I don't feel like they added anything. I think it, it just fell flat, and that's why we haven't seen many more baby Pokemon since. I think after Gen 2, you've hit, what, Munchlax, Bonsly, Ak- uh, what's it, Toxu, Toxel? Yeah. And that's, like, it, because they weren't that, or even Hapini, but, like, why it's not? still- Why not? Junior, no, there's a yeah. bunch, but, but, uh, but still, yeah, it, I, I, I would agree with you that the concept wasn't as great as they probably thought it was. It also just felt like a lot of the Pokemon of Gen 2 felt forced. Yeah, like if you, it, they're all like granted, and this is my problem with Gen One too. Is a lot of the Pokemon are just don't have like you know they don't have like the same like good designs as I think some new Pokemon do. Where it's like, oh, this is Voltorb. It's based off of a Pokeball. Well, or, I mean, oh look, this is Teddy Ursa. It's a teddy bear. It's pretty much the same design pool yeah. for Gen One and exactly. Gen Two. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, and that's like one of my flaws. That's like you have one of the worst Pokemon ever created in Sunkern. Who actually has a cool design in my mind. I think it's an interesting idea yeah. where you have like Tyrogue, which is just a human. A tiny human. Tyrogue makes me uncomfortable. I do not like the flesh bit, horns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I think, though, to be fair, like you're designing like, what, 200 creatures, 250 creatures. And it's like, okay, so let's say that 200 of them were designed at the same time, which I, I think is pretty much what happened. And like... How do you know what makes a good Pokemon before Pokemon exists? That is true. Yeah. It's trial and error. Granted, though, and and as I remember Gen 2, there's more things I really liked about it. Like, I loved the day and night cycles. Mm, I loved how time would change and different Pokemon would show up at different times. Or the different, or the rates they would show up would change. Or, and there were like specific people throughout the game Mm -hmm. where if you find them on their certain day, they would give you you a thing. Yeah, that was really cool. That, that, that gave you a reason to play multiple days. And yeah. held items, you can't really skip that. Oh, that yeah. was big. Yeah. That was cool. And it's the, integral the, the, to the game now. It is. I think the coolest, like, just plain cool thing about Gen 2 is the idea of shinies. Mm. Yeah, shinies yeah. came into because, the game with the Red Gyarados. Yeah, and it's like Pokemon is a collector's game, and you introduce a rare limited edition item. Brilliant. Genius. Well, that and like, po- like certain Pokemon used to follow you. Like I know, I think I know Pikachu used to follow you back in the original game, which they took out in Gen Two, kind of, which made me sad. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think it was worth the programming effort and space. Yeah. Yes, but like uh, definitely that like that was an issue that you know they fixed. But like if you remember in Gen two, the trainers used to have little animations. But when you'd fight them, they'd come on screen. They would do a little animation, like a back and forth type thing. And then when you get to Gen three, they just throw all that away and make it the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mm. I liked how the trainers moved. That like you know I felt like it gave them some life. I don't but, like, remember that. Huh. Oh yeah, and then you know like that that was. I think that, that's what I like the least about Gen 3 is that they had a bunch of cool features and they just kind of like, you know, said, nah, we're not going to do this anymore. Like the day and night cycles mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the cool animations they used to do. And then, you know, Gen 3, when it first came out, you couldn't transfer your Pokemon from you still red, can't. blue, gold, and silver. It was its own separate entity. And that was, you know, unless you started with Gen 3, like that's kind of annoying. That's probably one of the worst things about Gen 3, but I understand, like, they had constraints. If they wanted to make Gen 3 as good as it is, they had to have the cutoff. I'm not, like, I think it was a necessary evil, it's just, Mm-mm. that's just, like, one of the worst parts of the game. Yeah. In, in my mind, because in my, like, when I think of Gen 3, like, my mind goes to, I think of, like, three things. I think of the Battle Frontier, which they added, which I thought is still the best post-game, by far. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Battle Frontier. I think of the, the the music from Gen 3 is so incredibly nostalgic for me, especially the MIDI trumpets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think of all the stupid water routes. Huh. That's that is a big drawback. Yeah. One of the one of the best parts about Gen 3 to me is that was when they really started making weird designs for Pokemon. At least they Yes. Mm-hmm. They kinda went, hmm. Let's have a sumo wrestler and a clam that turns into either a dolphin or an oarfish. It's not really uh, a dolphin, but it's close. It's not a dolphin. It, it's not a dolphin. It's a ribbon eel, but yeah. Um, still nothing related to a clam. Uh, let's have a skull that becomes a mummy and a puppet ghost. Yeah. Uh, let's just yeah. have a random dog with a horn that summons disasters, but it doesn't. It's just got a bad rap. Yeah, and an ant lion evolves into a dragon. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I I I think Gen three is still one of the best generations in terms of design. I agree with you because they they went so different from what they from red and blue. But the red and blue mons still fit. I didn't feel like exactly. Oh, this is a weird yeah. And and also Gen three has a certain mm, feel rouge of design to it. Like as weird as some of the Pokemon are, they can all fit together very well and they all exactly. fit in their inhabit in their environments right mm-hmm. in yes. my mind you can't really talk about gen 2 or gen 3 without you know this is the first time they decided to remake games fire mm-hmm. red leaf green came out mm. it brought in the whole idea of oh we can remake a game and add it to back to this generation because fire red and leaf green in my mind are still one of the better games to- i love playing through fire red leaf green. i love them i really love them they have a lot of great things, and they have a lot of weird decisions, like uh, not Very letting anything weird. evolve later. Yeah. But then still yeah. showing you, have it's like, it can evolve. It's like, thanks yeah. for telling me. Like, I think Fire Red Leaf Green still, ha- like, even, and Kanto in general, had one of the best, like, level curves you could fight. Mm-hmm. For, like, going through the game. It's not mm-hmm. like, you, like you, you can choose to grind or not to grind, and it still works. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, yes. Mo- most, mostly. Uh, Gen Gen three introduced abilities, which Ooh, very important, yeah. very good. 
Uh, but Gen 4 was the one that made abilities matter, honestly. Well, it's all the changes to battle. The physical yeah. split. The online. Uh, dynamic forms. Uh, mm-hmm. Deoxys was the first to have a form, but you had zero control over it. It was determined strictly by what game you were playing. Yep. So uh, in Gen 4, uh, now you could have a Pokemon that would have multiple forms, whether it was Rotom or one that changed bat- forms in battle, like Cherum. Uh, you could have Pokemon that were dynamic instead of just a static, always whatever yeah. it was. Well, you you had that in Gen 3, cast form. But, yeah, you had cast um, form. I, I, yeah, you had one, and he was weird. I mean, it's not like Cherim is much better. But. Cherim isn't, but Rotom is. <laughs> Rotom is great. But that was only in Platinum. Yeah. Because it, it didn't really have the same impact before Platinum. I can't talk about Gen 4. Without mentioning how slow the game was. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that was their biggest problem was to play the game. Like, it is. The battles are so incredibly slow with the HP Not just bar. the battles. Just getting through the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything is yep. like running through molasses. Speaking of running through molasses, they do that twice. The swamp. The swamp and the snow. They added yeah. the yeah. same mechanic. That made traversal worse. And it's like, oh, you were complaining about surfing too much? Try this. Yeah, this Ugh. is so much worse than surfing. Especially because, like, you could grind in this game. It's easier, but it has the same Gen 2 mindset of like, oh, there's going to be a jump and it's going to be difficult. And like, there were, like, I don't know exactly how to say it, but too many stupid HMs, like Rock Climb and Defog, there didn't yeah. need to be more Dive was too much. Whirlpool was only acceptable because you only needed it the once. Well, same with Waterfall. Mm. Granted, Waterfall actually had some niche niche uses because it actually had, like, a decent base power. Yeah, it did mm-hmm. damage. Granted, so did Rock Climb, but it was also, like, 85% accurate. And it's like, that's pointless. Strength yeah. is just yeah. better. Strength like, is better. Like, yeah. Ugh. Granted, like, Gen 4, though, was, I think, the generation of Pokemon that put it where it is today. Like... All competitive stemmed in my mind from Gen Four. Well, yes, uh, I think I think the fun part about Gen Four, the way we're looking at it, is that so far we have said nothing positive about Gen Four that is intrinsic to Gen Four, but all the positive things are about the changes it brought to competitive. Yeah, intrinsic to Gen Four, I really liked. What's good about it? I really liked the Gen Four. Uh, Battle Frontier, but if you're calling that an extension of, like, the Gen 3 one... Oh, I I, I agree. I think Sinnoh is a super well-designed region. I like the fact that you're crossing the same mountain several times. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Gen 4 was always my favorite generation. I loved the Pokemon that were added in Gen 4. I, I, I liked how, like, everything felt and, like, looked right in that game. I loved all the starters. Like, I can't think of a Gen 4 Pokemon that I really don't enjoy in some, you oh, know... I can think of many. Facet. I can th- I can think of a couple. Yeah. I know y'all are gonna say, like, Luminion and whatnot, but I have all No, I actually like Luminion. I- I'm thinking about it's something else. It's underutilized. It just doesn't have a move pool. But I think we're forgetting the absolute best feature of Gen oh, 4. the underground? No, Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. Okay, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm actually on the underground. Uh, underground was really good. <laughs> I loved it, but it's not a hard gold silver. Shining pearl, brilliant diamond. That was the best part of the game. Was the underground? 
The upgrades yeah. to it were fantastic. Uh, yeah. Diamond, yes, yes. Uh, Hark Old Soul Silver, I have serious problems with because I have the same problems with Gen 2, and it didn't fix it, and instead just added mini games. But it added, it added what, the best feature of all time, though Pokemon following you. Uh, I wish it never did because people have not stopped complaining about it since. Because it was exactly. so cool. It was cute, but I think what Hard Gold Soul Silver did is it's so enjoyable to play that it allows you to enjoy playing Gen 2 even with the jank leveling system. Then I loved the new Safari Zone they added. I thought that was such a cool, unique idea to add it back into the game and you can design it. Mm-hmm. That was cute. It just had so many tiny details that were amazing. Like, you can toggle the running shoes on and off. The Pokemon yeah. follows you and you can There toggle. were a lot of quality of life and improvements of Gen yeah. 4 that I think helped it become a better game. Yeah. It, it, it made Johto enjoyable. Yeah. Great. I have to go back to Gen 3 because... I, I can't not talk about Gen 3 and not talk about the best Pokemon games of the entire franchise being Coliseum and XD Gala Darkness. Mm. They were my favorite games growing up. I liked them more than I enjoyed the main series. Um, I enjoyed Pokemon Battle Revolution because of the competitive aspect more than I enjoyed probably playing the actual Gen 4. I liked a lot of the spinoffs that came out of, you know, these past couple of generations. Because when you get to Gen 5, like, this is where, you know, I fell off Pokemon for a little bit. Mm-hmm. As a lot of people did, I think. Yep. But going back and replaying through Gen 5, some things were great, some things really were not. Yeah, I think we can all agree that one of the worst things about Gen 5 is the Pokedex cutoff in Black and White. Soft reboot, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind the soft reboot that much. What killed me is the fact that like they put so much effort into the story and that half the characters had no personality. Yep, that's... like. Think of all of your rivals besides N. Well, it's like I wouldn't say that they don't have a personality. Actually, they have certainly. I think they're just lacking in it. They're just no, flat. no. I I I disagree completely. Like I think Sharon and Bianca are very well characterized. Actually, in Black and White Two, they they're they're better. In Base Black and White, they are just there. Mm, I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I think they certainly have more personality than, say, Barry, whose character traits are, I run really fast everywhere. Yeah, but Barry wasn't the focal point of the story, and he really only showed up occasionally as muscle when needed. Sharon and Bianca are not the focal point of the story. and No, but they keep showing up anyways. <laughs> like, the amount of time... I like, mind. They start the game off with, oh, you have to go talk to what, one of their parents to convince them to come on the journey? Yeah, and but then, it takes you, like, 25 seconds. Well, like, it's more that that's where they start you, and then they don't do anything for the rest of the main story. They, they both that and Black and White and Black and White 2 start with you talking with Bianca and Sharon, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's just, you know, that's it. Mind the soft reset as much? If it didn't lead to all of the routes having so much in common, except for a few that have... Very unique rosters. How many routes can you get a Watchog on? How many routes yeah. can you get an yeah. Unfazant? Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're really good things. Like Shaking Grass was a fantastic addition. I love Shaking mm, Yes. Here, catch a Pokemon that's competently leveled or uh, have a way to grind super well. Or that is a Stone Evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then there was the, uh, like, the uh, Pokemon World Championship was in that game. And I thought that was such a cool addition to, like, go back and fight other trainers 
mm-hmm. like gym leaders and champions from different regions afterwards. Now, this this can either be taken as a great thing or a terrible thing, but they added two different ways to battle. Being triple battles, which I, <laughs> I didn't mind, and then rotation, which I hated. Blarg. <laughs> I hated them both. I, I just think they're bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you're right. I don't think either of them worked, but... But they tried something new. I liked how they tried something... Exactly. They tried something new, and, you know, they forced you to do it to do it a couple of times. I wish they forced it more. Yeah. Uh, like, I would love it if, you know, one of the gym leaders was a triple battle. Don't agree with that. I would not have liked that. Nah. I do think there's one more thing we need to talk about with Gen 5, and I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but you can't deny it was effective, as in mm-hmm. it had an effect. Team preview. Yeah, definitely influential. And hidden abilities. But... Yeah, hidden abilities were a big thing. They had Dream World. I wish I could remember anything about it. It was very pastel. I think Team Preview changed all of Pokemon. Yeah. Like, drastically. Like, you couldn't hide, like, your Wincon anymore. It's a, I can see your entire team, you can see my entire team. Like, it, mm-hmm. it took away the idea of having a dedicated lead for your Pokemon. Like, because I remember back in Gen 4, you'd have, like, oh, I'm going to run, like, this thing as a lead. Because it'll scout. It can either scout, it'll set up stealth yeah. rocks, it'll pivot or something like that. Now that you can see it, it's, oh, I can counter your what you're going to do. Mm-mm. It became much more of a mind game. and It's chess. It's more yeah. chess than it is, like, playing random battles. You you don't have team preview. And so it takes away a lot of that calculation you can do from the beginning of a match to the end of a match. Like, I know I need this Pokemon for that Pokemon my opponent has, which means I need, you know... Save it, unguard it. And in sometimes in random battles without team preview, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll use this Pokemon now. And then they pull out a Pokemon that I didn't know they had, and which could only be stopped by the one Pokemon I threw away at the beginning of the game. So, like it's frustrating. Exactly. I, I like I like playing with preview a lot better. Oh, so do I. I, I think it I, I'd much rather like because now I can sit and be like, all right, how can I win the game? And I can just, you know, spend five minutes figuring out what I need to do. To just win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think it made it made things much more challenging, in my opinion, because now you can see and they can see you and it becomes more of a mind game. Whereas when we get to Gen 6, I thought the game was way too easy. I don't think it was too easy. I think it was approachable. I yeah, thought it was. Especially with the, with the changes in breeding mechanics. No, 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 no. G- Gen 6 is so incredibly easy to play through. Sure. It's a children's game. No, but, like, they made it easy for you. They gave you Mega Lucario. You don't have to use it if you're trying to go for a challenge thing. I understand you don't have to, but, like, if you're just playing through the game normally, like, they, you have the EXP share on. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the gym leaders are just a lot easier. They have less Pokemon. I don't think the challenge was the point of Gen 6. I think the point of oh, Gen 6 Well, I don't think it was, was the point. I'm just saying, like, it was much hard. It's much easier to play through Gen 6 than it is to play through, you know... But I Most don't of care. the other game. I don't care because when I'm playing Gen 6 for the first time, I'm enjoying the scenery. The I'm thinking, oh, oh my gosh, this battle is an actual 3D. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I'd say it's... Like, I'm thinking about other stuff. I don't mind that it's not a challenge up front. Because I, I think if you care about it being a challenge, you know enough to, you know, make it a challenge for yourself, even yeah. on the first run through. Well, so, well, 
the problem in my mind is the fact that they added in one of the best things ever, being mega uh, mega Pokemon. And the Mega Pokemon are just so incredibly overpowered compared to the rest of the Pokemon in Gen 6. Which is why I don't think they're uh, actually great for the game. Not like the game is like competitive. That's fine. Oh, whatever. no, I think it I'm broke saying like in the story mode, I think it's objectively just a bad thing because it makes it uh, super easy. And not in, the, I, and not in the sense that like easy is bad, but uh, it takes away any decision making. Yes. Because you're given at least two Mega capable Pokemon. You don't even have to find them. Nope. A, and, you know, they are very, very powerful. Especially with the addition of fairy type. We can't talk about Gen mm. 6 and not add it. Talk about the great Ooh, fairy yeah. type that was added. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot. I think Gen 6 is all about enjoying the new toys. And I'm fine with that. They have, like, 15 Pokemon on every route. I think that's a plus. Some people are going to be frustrated that it's so hard to find any given Pokemon. Uh, I think Gen 8 does it better, which is a weird and wild thing that people are not going to like. But the fact that Overworld Mons and Grass Mons had slightly different lists and you could see what you wanted, mm-hmm. you could have a lot of Pokemon on one route and uh, you could still get what you wanted. But we can't we can't jump to Gen 8, though, without talking about Gen 7. Yeah, and we're, we're gonna. I don't even want to talk about Gen 8, mostly because that's been talked about to death. But uh, Gen yeah. 6, I think the variety was very good. By the time yeah. you get to Badge 2, you can have six usable, good party members you like. And they're going to be very different than everyone else. It's unlike Gen 4, which as much as I love it, everyone had Starter, mm-hmm. Luxray. Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, what's uh, Lucario? There's there's an old, a meme running around that has like everyone's Gen 6 team. And it uh, yeah. Star Raptor and then like something else. It's like underleveled HM Slave. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot about Gen 6 to, to like. I think the story was yeah. embarrassing. Uh, yes. Not it even just like, bad, like abjectly stupid. Like, I'm always, I'm always the one who disagrees with that. It's like, you know, it's not a bad story. It's the story that is told extremely badly. That there's not a difference. No, uh, I, there is a difference to me. There's a di- Okay, but if the end result is bad, I don't care if you used poor ingredients or you just can't cook. The food sucks. Yeah. There, there is a there is a distinct difference to me as someone who <laughs> I, I know I got back into Pokemon because of Gen Six, and one of the things that did it was the like the little like gardens that you could encounter like in the post game. Oh yeah, the Friends Safari. Safari. The Friends Safaris. Because I remember I, I I remember being at college and just you know talking to people that also had the game like oh let's let's trade friend codes I want to see your friend Safari. Yeah, yeah. And that got me back into Pokemon because I like I ended up having to go meet people, talk to people, reget. You know, yeah, join a podcast community. Yeah. The the PSS, I still absolutely loved the PSS. Yes, it, I, it, has it, was, to be it was easy to see. Still things. the best one. I, yeah, still I got back one. into Pokemon during uh, Gen Six, but it was just before Oras was coming out. Uh, I stopped playing midway through Gen Five, and then when the next one was coming out, I was like, I'll see what this whole X and Y thing was that I missed. And um, there's a, a story I tell, uh, which is true. I got Fennekin, and then I ran into a Flabebe. I'm like, look, a grass type, because I didn't know uh, there was this whole fairy. Yeah. Clicked Ember. It took neutral damage. I'm like, huh, must be like water type or something, too. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And then it used fairy wind, and I was resistant. So I'm like, that's a weirdly named grass move. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't catch it. I just knocked it out. And they get to the end of the route, and uh, Dexio's like, Hey, did you see a Flabebe? It's a fairy type. And I went, It's Mm-mm. a what now? <laughs> oh, someone didn't keep up with the news cycle. <laughs> Not at all. 
So I had, so I go on Cerebi and I'm like, wait, it beats dark type, fighting type, and dragon type. What? Yep. Uh, that was a, that was a fun moment of, uh, pure confusion. Fabulousness over pure power, my friend. It's Except the magical girl type. It beats the, the, the yeah. darkness and the dragons. Yeah. And the, and the, and the tough buff guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> fighting evil by Moonblast. But you mentioned something <laughs> yeah. though. It was like the little like Dex thing would talk to you, and you know after that. No, no, Dexio is the name of a character. No, Dexio. Oh, the Dexio. That's right. He was the character that you know mentioned that thing. Granted, yeah. That, in my opinion, is the worst part though of Gen Seven was the Rotunda. <laughs> oh, part of it. It was. It was a non-issue for me. I did not care about it. I didn't mind that it would be like this is the next place you have to go if you want to know where to go. Not a. All right, on the so, first island, I'm going to hold your hand and stop every 10 seconds to tell you what you need to do. And you have to do it immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah, the beginning of that game was so, so rough. Even, when, even in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it was just rough to start. And then it gets better. I didn't care. Yeah. It gets a lot better as it goes. And I, I just didn't care. I didn't care at the time. I care now because I really like Alola. I really like the Pokemon in Alola. But mm. whenever I try to replay a Gen 7 game, I just get stuck at the beginning. Well, the other big issue with Gen 7 is that the game doesn't fit on the 3DS. What do like, you mean? Like, the 3DS is not powerful enough to run it, in my opinion. Because the, the, it used to be very kind of like slow and chug with... Uh, Gen 6, and when Gen 7 added more stuff, it became just very, very, you know, slow. Because I remember, like, you know, if you have a Moltres out, all the different animations that were going on would just slow down the game. Yeah. It wasn't notice, wasn't so noticeable. Well, A, in playthrough, and B, it depended on the hardware you had. Because I had a new Nintendo 3DS XL, which was the... Oh, yeah, me too. See, and I was playing on the original 3DS. And I think that was the, and that, and that was my issue where it's, you know, I didn't want to buy a new 3DS just to play this better. I would, you know, I turned off a lot of like animations and movements so that way my game would run faster. I see. But like, otherwise, like, those are the two things I hated about Gen 7 being the early game was miserable to walk through and I hated like being handheld. And then, you know, certain battles, especially double battles really just lagged. But otherwise, I thought it was a phenomenal game and I think Gen 7's underrated in that sense. Gen yeah. 7 yeah. has two... The, my biggest problem is that there's no definitive version, because Ultra Sun yeah. has features and things that I really like, and a terrible comparative story. And then yes. you have Moon, which is much better, but <laughs> it's missing things. Yep, yep, pretty right. much. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, that's the other problem, is Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are just what Sun and Moon should have been. There's no reason to ever play Sun and Moon again when you have Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Except the plot. The plot, which is much better. And they have different so and better. frankly more fun totem battles. Togunamaru mm. is a is a worse boss than yeah. uh, Vikavolt. Uh, Wishy Washy is easier, not easier, is much harder mm. than Araquanid. Yeah. Uh, it's, <sighs> it's rough. And Z-Moves are the bane of the Nuzlocke existence, and that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the person. I like having to deal around them. They are nu nukes that you have to play around. Um, but Ultra Necrozma exists, and that's just not fair. Yeah. I loved Ultra Necrozma. I thought that was a fun, forced, like, incredibly difficult fight. 
Oh, I don't mind it on a normal playthrough. It just makes challenge runs mean. Oh, but that's the point of a challenge run. Gen 7 is very difficult to challenge run for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Like, it's supposed to be a challenge run. Mm. Like, not to mention, like, a lot of the Pokemon they added in this generation fit with the theme. I thought it, like, thematically, yes. Gen 7 yeah. and Alola just was so, like, different from the, you know, mold of what Pokemon's done before that it felt mm-hmm. nice and was refreshing. It almost felt like a vacation. Yeah. The totem battles are so good, too. Man, yes, two exactly. one it was a good way to be hard without being, like, brutal. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Especially because you couldn't, I think it was almost impossible to, like, one-shot a totem because of their because, power. And they'd bulk up Mm-mm. their defenses if they needed. Exactly. And then there's Lurantis spamming sun strats against you. <laughs> I, exactly. I thought it was a super cool idea, and you had to fight, like, you know, there were 18 different, or I think... Uh, there weren't, like, 18 trials, but, like, there were, you know, a bunch of different trials for each type, which gave it a different feel. Granted, I missed gyms, and I still think not having gyms is a mistake, but it was a different I take don't. on it, and I didn't mind it. Yeah, like you said, it was a vacation. <sighs> There's, I, I have mostly fond things to say. I love how they incorporated the setting. Um, I felt like it was very true to form. Uh, my, I have a couple complaints, uh, a lot of them are about availability because they had a lot of cool Pokemon that you didn't get to use or effectively didn't get to use. Uh, yeah. The most infamous one is Grubbin, uh, followed closely by Delmise. Mm. No, I, I think the top of the list for me is in original Sun and Moon, one Ninetales and a Little Sand Slash. No, you could get those as soon as you got to the base. No, you can't. You can only get them right before you meet the Elite Four. No. They added a patch. Of, they added. They added a patch of grass at the bottom of the mountain in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon for that specific reason. What they changed was that that, that was where you could get uh, Clawitzer to evolve. But in Sun, in Sun and Moon, you can't get Alolan Vulpix and Alolan um, Sandshrew until you are literally on the grass outside the. Elite no, you form. can get them in Tapu Village. Yeah, you can get them in Mount Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Tapu Village. In Sun Village. and Moon. Yep, in Sun and Moon. I'm looking right at Cerebi right now. Yep. Mm, I'm very perplexed. Yep, 28 to 31. Cool. Yeah. I never found them. Well, then you were very unlucky. Because, yeah, they were there. Because I know, because I used uh, Alolan Sandslash on my first team. Okay. I used Alolan Ninetales. Yeah, they, they were great. Because you get the Ice Stone in Poe Town, which would be exactly. weird to get it before you encounter the Pokemon. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, was, it was a rare encounter, but it was there. Yeah. Oh, I was just unlucky then. Weird. Yeah. But uh, you couldn't get Drampa. You could get Turtonator pretty easily, but Tur- but Drampa was only in uh, Victory Road as a version exclusive. So if you got Moon because you wanted Drampa, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like how there are, you know, version exclusives, and I also hate how there are version exclusives. Yep. Um, do we want to talk about the pros and cons of Gen 8? Because I feel like that's been the mm. podcast for the past yeah, three years. Yeah, I, I think I think we can sum it up. Let Let's just do a quick summary of it. Bad Dexit. And a story that falls apart after Jim 4 or Dexit, 5. and the story doesn't follow you, and Dynamax, and uh, honestly, the, the, the polish on the game is not I great. I liked how the game looked. I thought Wild Area was great. I loved the mm. DLCs they added. I wish it was just part of yeah. the original game and not a DLC. DLCs are both uh, super great. The polish, when I say the polish is lacking, I don't want to see the villain's plan via PowerPoint. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the good quality of life, amazing. 
Story is fun. I, I like the battling. They made stuff super easy to, you know, get everything. I didn't, I liked the max raid dens. I thought that was a cool little well, addition. It was great because uh, I still have enough EXP candy after playing for three years. I can instantly level 100 anything. I have not Ooh. had to grind in a Pokemon game in three years. And if that's not in Scarlet and Violet, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I, they've made so many quality of life improvements and they keep making quality of life improvements, which I appreciate. Fox. Uh, the other day I was thinking about just the stuff that was added in Gen 8. Uh, egg moves being able to be gotten on something that didn't have them when they yep. came out. Box access to the PC. Co-op. Uh, trade codes, which... Oh, yes, rental PSS teams. is good. Rental teams. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Trade codes. Look, yeah. PSS was great. I would give it up forever if I can keep trade codes because I don't oh. have to add people's friends list. It's painless. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, fair. Like, they made competitive so much easier to do. And I've had more fun playing VGC when we did Poke the Episodes, like, in Gen 7. I mean, Gen 8. Like, I had, we had a lot of fun doing that with fun teams, rather than just, you know, having to wait and find people online to play. Yeah. I think they made, like, the ability to just get on and play so incredibly easy. I really appreciate that. And I'm excited for Gen 9. I think, I think what they're doing shows a lot of, shows their heads in a lot of the right place. Uh, if there's stuff to do in co-op, I'm glad that they're having full co-op now. If there's not, I'll be very confused. <laughs> See, and, and that's what I'm really excited for with Gen 9 is the fact that they're doing it. There is a co-op. Mode. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I think this is like one of the first games where I'm getting both Scarlet and Violet so that I can play one on my own and then I'm going to play one, like, I'll, I'll put an entire playthrough with my fiance and we're oh. just going to go through the game together because that's something that we can do, yeah. apparently. And, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, like normally I I would be super excited to play with like all the Puckle people, but now that it's like, yeah, no, there's full local co-op, it's like, all right, see so you guys when I'm done, Cole and I'll take the, the weekend off and just yeah. hole up and play the game together. Like that sounds awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's such a cool feature that I'm really excited to see how it's done. Because if it's done right, it's going to be incredible. And if it's done wrong, well, we'll see. Well, yeah. then it will just be a yeah. forgotten feature. It won't matter. Because I can't wait for, like, you know, there to be like, all right, we're going to go rent an Airbnb somewhere for the weekend, grab the Puckle staff, and we're just going to co-op the, you know, Scarlet or Violet for the weekend and just stream the whole thing on Twitch. Because that sounds awesome. Okay, so co-op is such a weird thing in Pokemon. Because here's here's the thing. Y'all remember the, the stamp book uh, in Sun and Moon? Yeah. The Pokemon mm-hmm. Passport, and that's mm-hmm. how you would, mm-hmm. like, track your progress. I got every stamp except the multi-battle one. Mm. And I was never able to do it. Um, but that was truly a terrifying and eternal experience. Uh, th- let me th- retroactively throw that on one of the worst things about Gen 7. Specifically the one with the photos. That took me six hours and I was doing it with optimal grinding to get one million mm. points. Mm. Yeah. I never did that. Don't. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've we've covered yeah, all think... the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that does bring us to the Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you after the stinger. Pokemon of the episode. And welcome. We've got the team of the episode... Now, this week, we are doing uh, an unusual Pokemon. Probably won't show up again. It's National Dex number 789, Cosmog. 
Yes, the Cosmog, the Cosmog Pokemon. The no, the Nebula Pokemon. Uh, the Pokemon Shield Pokedex entry states: Cosmog is very curious, but not very cautious. Often placing itself in danger. If things start to look dicey, it teleports away. This is normally where we would go over the Pokemon's uh, base stats and things, but we're not actually using Cosmog. Uh, we are using both Solgaleo and Lunala, and that'd be a lot of stats to go over. So all you need to know, Solgaleo, he's chunky, physically. Lunala, she chunky, specially. They're kind of slow for legendaries, but not that slow with a 97 speed. But not that bad. But they hit hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 137 in their relevant attack stat, uh, 89 in the other special de- in their other defense, and 107 in their better defense, uh, and 137 HP. They are chunky. Mm-hmm. And good. Yeah, they're very strong. Uh, and so we're we're doing a team that actually uses both of them, and it's cool and weird, and I like it. Uh, it is by Alex One Two Three. Uh, it's their their team here. So, first off, we got a Lunala holding a power herb with its ability, Shadow Shield, functioning as just multi-scale. That can't be gotten through with Mold Breaker. Uh, it has 212 HP, 116 defense, 132 special attack, 36 special defense, just 12 speed, modest nature, with Moongeist Beam, Trick Room, for uh, times when your opponent stacks speed real fast, you can just say no. You've got Meteor Beam for your Power Herb and Wide Guard because it's doubles. Mm-hmm. So this is your attacker. You can click Meteor Beam uh, to get a plus one to your special attack and then spam Neutral Ghost to splatter pretty much everything. So we also have to pair that with Solgaleo, holding a weakness policy with full metal body. Again, that's basically just clear body that cannot be overcome with Mold Breaker, but it can be overcome with Terravolt and uh, hmm. Turbo Blaze. Yeah, that's a weird thing no one ever talks about. Solgaleo's holding a weakness policy with 4 HP, 188 attack, 4 defense, 60 special defense, and 252 speed. Adamant, running Sunsteel Strike, Earthquake, Psychic Fangs, which destroys screens, mm-hmm. and Protect. It, it hit hard, and if you Dynamax with that weakness policy, even a super effective hit will not matter. Not at all. Mm-mm-mm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we have the next pair of siblings on this team. We have two starters. We have Rillaboom, the GMAX version. It's holding a Miracle Seed. The ability is, of course, Grassy Surge. It has 252 HP EVs, 196 in attack, 4 in defense, 44 in special defense, and 12 in speed with an adamant nature. It has Fake Out, Grassy Glide, Protect, and High Horsepower. All priority moves except one. And it's just with Miracle Seed and Grassy Surge that Grassy Glide will probably destroy a lot of things. It might even get like some resisted hits to clean up some stuff if it's already damaged. Really nice. Mm. And then the other starter is, because of course this is VGC, so who's showing up? Incineroar! Yeah! Yeah, it's holding a Sugarberry, it has Intimidate, it has max HP, 180 defense, and 76 special defense with an impish nature. 
It also carries Fake Out, and then it has Parting Shot, Flare Blitz, and Darkest Lariat. It's a pretty standard Incineroar, I think. And then, and then to round out the team, we have a couple other support mons that put in a lot of work in VGC. One being Thunderous, with a Life Orb, a Defiant ability. 4 HP, 252 Attack, 252 Speed, Jolly Nature with Wild Charge, Fly, Brick Break, and Protect. This is your main, like, Dynamax, one of your main Dynamax mons that I know people like to use. And then we have one of the most supportive Pokemon in all of VGC, Grimmsnarl, holding a Light Clay with the Prankster ability, 252 HP, 140 Defense, 116 Special Defense with a Careful Nature, with Light Screen, Reflect, Foul Play, and Spirit Break. Yep. It comes in, it does Grimmsnarl things. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. That's that's the team, yeah. So that that is our team. You'll be able to pick up a shiny version of this on our uh, server if you are a patron of a tier. I don't remember which one gets the thing. But if you're a patron, you'll be able to get it. All the information is on the Puckle Patreon for that. Uh, The giveaway will be later this week. If you haven't seen Shiny, Solgaleo, and Lunala, they're just blood red. They're bad. Some people really like that. I think they're kind of cool. Some people think it's kind of washed out. I hate them. Oh. Oh my. (laughs) And with that, we will see you guys in the mailbag. It's mail time! It's time for the mailbag! And welcome back to the mailbag. We've got three fantastic emails. Actually, got a lot. We had a lot of emails this week, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you ask people to tell about bad Pokemon they wish were better, there's a lot of answers. It's almost like there's a lot of bad Pokemon that we wish were better. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to start off with one from Shrug Eye here. Uh, Bonjour, Puckle and Pucklers. It is, hey, it's Gray, a.k.a. Shrugai on Discord. After listening in silence for months, I finally, com- I, fi- I was finally compelled to write in after you guys totally failed to include the coolest lackluster Pokemon of all time in last week's episode. Hoenn's <laughs> own Zangoose. Kind of agreed here. Ah, mm. uh, Zangoose. He's, he's in my favorite lists. He's very good. Uh, I've been playing since the beginning, but Zangoose was the first one I ever had a semi-obsession with. When Ruby and Sapphire dropped, I was still too young to understand base stats and all that. All I knew was that I wanted to join Team Magma and Crush Claw was the best move ever. <laughs> so much that in uh, Gen 5, when it wasn't a signature move anymore, I made an entire team of Crush Claw users only to get my butt whooped in every competitive match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I nice. love the dedication. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's been almost 20 years and my boy is still sitting in PU. No evolutions, no megas, not even a regional. I can't even get one in Pokemon Go. (laughs) I'm probably the only person to feel this strongly, but as the president of the Zan clan, I accept this pain. I'm just just hoping it's included in Gen 9, and in a way I don't have to breed it with hidden abilities and secret egg moves just to make it half decent. Even if its gimmick is as bad as Z-moves, I think we deserve better. Anyway, thanks for coming to my TED Talk and always putting on a great show. Best wishes, Shrug Eye. (laughs) <laughs> that was a great email. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I feel like if it got if Toxic Boost also made it not take poison damage, mm. it would already be a lot of the way towards viable. Uh, yeah. it, would, it would be better. Hundred percent would already be better. Uh, as an avid Viper fan, it is um, 
I'm I'm always jealous because Zangus is just strictly better than Sviper, and oh. there's nothing I can do to make Sviper better. But I know Sviper is in Gen 9, though, so take that. I just realized that's why Zangus has toxic. Yeah, it's, and also it's a mongoose. I'm so dumb. Its whole thing is that they're uh, poison immune snake hunters. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Okay, cool. Anyways, uh, so our next email is from 2crow48. Good evening, my Pokey Pals. I really like this question simply because we get to talk about Pokemon that are typically forgotten about. So, without further ado, Girafferig. I've always loved this little guy. The first time I played Silver back when it was released, I found one and was and it was so bewildering, yet impressive to me. It wasn't until I started playing randomizers that I truly fell in love with it. I think an evolution could be really fun, as much as I've been trying to avoid all the Scarlet and Violet spoilers. Of all the ones, this one kind of maybe shows up there, but we'll see about that. Uh, anyways, but I'd really like original form. Something completely random. Like he'd already be, uh, like he is already. My choice would be Bug Dragon. Why? Because why not? <laughs> all right. Um, I can see, you know, Dark Psychic. I can see, mm-hmm. uh, what else can I see with it? I can see Ghost Psychic. I think Psychic has to stay somewhere, though. Honestly, it should just have a regional form that is dark normal and the leading head is the yellow. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Done. Yes, um, agreed. <laughs> but uh, he goes back to saying, the design would be a small dragon with the second head being a parasite for no reason, and then just give it technician. All right, that's an idea. Uh, I do like Giraffe Rick. I think Giraffe Rick's a fun mon. And then the other mon he talks about is Shedinja. Great concept for Generation 3, but what now? I want to give it a new mm. twist. First, give it a good HP stat. Next, make it Ghost Steel. And finally, a new ability where it can only be hit by not very effective attacks. What? Ghost what? Steel has the most resistances tied with Electric Steel at 12. So there's You're room for breaking work. the game. But it keeps a sense of a previous gimmick. Um... No. That might be a little too broken. That's that's Very too much. much. So. Yeah. As always, take care, 2Crow48. I love the giraffe idea, though, where you just flip the heads, and now it's Dark mm. Normal. That'd be super cool. Dark Normal would be really good. Uh, the other type I would appreciate is if it became, instead of a normal psychic, it was a psychic normal. <laughs> that would be even funnier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. No, I still think Dark Psychic would be a really good typing for an evolution. Yeah, yeah, as long as you don't have anything hit you with a U-turn ever. I mean... That's fine, like... Malamar exists and does... No, it doesn't. <laughs> All you have to do is, like, up its stats by, like, 100 base stat total, and then it might be decent. You can even divide it evenly, and it would be fine. It's just so low all around. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. But that's it for... Not email. For that. And uh, I believe we have one more we thing. We do have one do. more. Yeah. It's from an enchanter. Hello, Puckle Crew Peeps. Just an enchanter here. Starting off here as a six month long listener, first time email guy, by saying I was considering getting started in either Magic the Gathering, specifically the Commander format, or Pokemon TCG. And I think you guys helped me make a good start into Pokemon's trading card game. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> So thanks. Oh, we saved you so much money. Uh, now yeah. I'll talk about one of the pocket monsters I personally wish was good, or even defining. But in reality, they are a real chump. I personally love this topic because I like Pokemon Balance and its effects and numbers and all that hoo-ha. The imposing electric ogre, Electivire, the Thunderbolt Pokemon. Anybody with a functioning peeper would see the Heracrasesque stat distribution 
with an almost identical attack stat, potentially usable speed, and assume this thing is at least good. In addition to motor drive for a speed boost, but tragically, it misses out on key KOs on account of an atrocious move pool. Its best moves for physical coverage are all about 75 base power, and it is forced to rely on electric-type takedown for a stab with wild charge. Gross! I think that's the bigger problem between the two. Yeah, without stronger stats. I I think it's a combination of all of these. Because, like, if it had wild charge but better defenses, it could take the recoil damage. It's not necessarily better defenses. If it had the speed to match its power, like, it's just so slow. Yeah. Without stronger stab, it really fails to run through teams, which seems to be its design niche, as it doesn't get any cool tech in egg moves or events, just fighting moves and elemental punches. Except close combat, that would be just too good for this world, I suppose. If it got close combat, it would make it significantly better than having to run cross chop as your best fighting type coverage. Yeah. Or drain punch, you know? Yeah. On something too frail to exploit it. Exactly. Something else in this move pool makes this much, much worse, however. Maybe you think you can use a boosting move to make up for its lack of power. Well, I hope you like the option presented before you. Power up punch! And only from a transfer from Generation 6, no less. It never even got work up or bulk up. In case you were eyeing its 95 special attack stat too, no calm mind, no nasty plot. There is only charge B. Uh, I'm sorry, oh. this, this, sent, this sentence <laughs> my friend's toddler, she's two years old, and when she wants to say that she likes something, she says, there is only that thing. <laughs> That's adorable! Anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, with how much Electivar seems stuck a few generations behind everything else, it really needs a bunch of changes to be relevant. A secondary fighting type with close combat to make a fighting type that can beat flying types, bolt tackle, swords dance, sheer force is an ability, all of the above. Well, that might be a bit... Not, not even. I don't think it'd even be enough. No, no. Um, I wanted to talk about Rapidash or Kofagregus too, but this is getting very long. I'll leave you guys to discuss what Electivar could use for a boost. Signing off, an enchanter. Okay, I just thought of an idea. Ten speed Ooh, points, okay. done. What, the, what they need to do is make charge up your speed. Mm. If they took the move charge and now it's it gives you a speed boost and your next electric attack does, let's say, like, you know, 1.5 times damage... And now Electivire can become somewhat decent. It just needs mm. to survive a turn. Which, granted, which is, isn't the biggest ask. It wouldn't be OU, no. it just wouldn't be uh, PU uh, or whatever. Like, unviable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be RU or UU kind of thing. I, even then, okay. it may not, that may not be good enough for it, but, like, that change, I think, to charge would help not only it, but a bunch of other electric types. Yeah, it would be nice. That suffer from this kind of thing. I, I think some of them would get overbalanced. The, so I the think scary you... one is Drake Azult. Ooh, oh, does it get charge? It gets charge. I looked it up. Yeah, that would be that might be too good. Never mind. Ooh, no, 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 no. Okay, no. Uh, wh- <laughs> what you could do is, since we're talking about coverage, you could give flame charge to Electrovoyer. Yeah, flame charge. All right, that works too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Ha- it would help it a little bit, but it, it really needs to have like some setup for it to really mm. be considered yeah. Yeah. business. Really, it, it's mm-hmm. that it needs better coverage. It's coverage, like, I think, is fine looking at it. Electric fighting, uh, all of the I mean, elemental punches. 
I just don't think it hits hard enough because I feel like even something like yeah. Sand Slash can come in on an ice punch and then just kill it. That's that's what an enchanter was saying. Like the coverage is all like low power moves. Yeah. So I it guess. doesn't really count. It's got stomping tantrum as well, darkest lariat. Like it's not It doesn't have the support for its moves. Yes. If it had a boost, then the low base power wouldn't matter as much. No. It mm-hmm. needs it needs like a sword stance or an ad- or something else. A bulk up would actually be really helpful for it. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as that attack starts going up, its coverage is fine. It's just yeah. not good enough for its bad attack. Correct. Or, or, it, or yeah, basically. All right. Who do you guys want to give the green Tauros badge? Mm, I think my favorite email was from Shragai. Yeah, I, I was going to say that one too. Yeah. So uh, if you want to ping us on the Discord, we will uh, hit you up with that green Tauros badge for 2022. Hey, hey, Linian, who, who is, what is Green Tauros sponsored? I mean, uh, what is the... Oh, yeah, the mailbag sponsored by Green Taurus. I, uh, yeah. Gives you hooves! Hooves? Hooves! <laughs> it gives you hooves. We, we said it. We're safe. <laughs> okay. See, I, I'm not sure because Green Taurus, the very fictional energy drink company that doesn't exist, and I, like, we've had some, like, weird contract renegotiations. I wasn't sure if they were still sponsoring, so I just... No, they're still a sponsor. We are, we are, we absolutely are. Uh, you can't say that we are not. Uh, like, so I shouldn't be saying this. We're not clear on that legally. Okay. okay. No, it's like, um, let's just say that being from where I'm from, I can tell you that you should respect our contract with Green Taurus. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought we'd pulled the plug, but okay, I'm glad to know. So, I mean, we, in case there's an incurring oh, legal. <laughs> in case, you know, in case we get into a protracted legal battle with our the very fictional company, the very fictional company, Green Taurus, if you'd like to give us money for our legal fees, uh, <laughs> I think I can say that. Uh, you should join yeah. our Patreon. <laughs> okay. Our Patreon has many support tiers, and all the money goes uh, back into helping us make better shows for you. Uh, in addition to Patreon, we also stream on Twitch. Uh, Thatch does a lot of things. He's been bouncing back between VGC and TCG online, uh, showing off, having a lot of fun. And uh, there are all sorts of other things. We've got our other shows on Puckle Plus. Uh, you can subscribe there and catch us on that, as well as trivia recaps that pop up sporadically. You can also follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Don't don't look up the Reddit. It's 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 dead. No, um, and don't go on Tumblr. It's too chaotic. Just just come to the Discord, talk with us, hang out. That's the best part. Yep. Please come to our Discord server. There's a link in the description of the show. It's free. We're not going to upsell you. Come and chat with us. Uh, the people there are pretty good, mostly. Um, but you know, you can join. Uh, that's also mm-hmm. where we do all of our tournaments, such as the Summer League. This is the last week for badge collection. Uh, so if you want to come in and join that, you're probably going to have to rush, but you might be able to do it, and that'd be fun. Yeah. And heads up, there will be another tournament dropping signups this week. We don't Ooh, have yeah. any more information or we'd tell you the news. But uh, I think that's everything we need to cover in the sign-off. So mm-hmm. I've been your host, Linian. I have been the fluffiest Italian whimsicott. And I have been clawed to the nine. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it is closing time. Mm-hmm.